the Writerly Bites podcast, where you'll get bite-sized tips for making your writing and your writing life better. I'm Blair Hurley, and I'm a novelist and creative writing instructor. You can find more about me and my latest novel, Minor Profits, at BlairHurley.com and on Twitter at BHurley. You can follow news about the podcast on Twitter at Writerly Bites. This week's writing tip is try second person. This is part of an ongoing series I'm doing, and the last one, in which I'm giving some brief tips and thoughts about the upsides and downsides of each of the main point-of-view choices that we have when we're writing fiction. I've talked about first person, and I've talked about third person in previous episodes, so be sure to check those out if you haven't listened to them already. And for our concluding episode on this, I'm talking about the rare, very interesting, a little experimental, a little thrilling, a little gimmicky second person. So second person is, of course, when you use the word you for the pronouns. The protagonist or the character is you moving through the story. And it can always be a little bit disorienting, interesting, charming, surprising. There are all sorts of ways in which you can be used to interesting effect in your stories. I think it's important to remember that second person is always an experiment in form. It's a deliberate choice to make the mode of storytelling as important as the content of the story itself. So second person writing first became a kind of mode of storytelling with the choose your own adventure stories that began uh, in the 1970s and 80s. It encouraged these sort of books that were often um, given to young readers were often written to encourage reluctant readers to picture themselves in the shoes of the protagonist. The theory went for these choose your own adventure stories that reluctant readers wanted to feel like they were participating in the story. And I bet you've seen or read or enjoyed stories like those when you were growing up as well. There was a whole Goosebumps line of them that I remember, and of course tons of other ones, where they would say, to eat the sandwich, turn to page 36, or to not eat the sandwich, turn to page 42, and you would see how the story would play out from there. It let readers make active choices in how the story turned out, which is sort of like the book equivalent of playing a video game, I think. It was also a time of uh, the rise of self-help books, and that's the other most common way that we see the you really coming out in fiction or in nonfiction, for starters. Uh, Self-help books, of course, offer advice for living and prescriptions for self-improvement. They have been popular for a century or more, but they really took off again in the 70s and 80s and beyond. And it's really only pretty recently, I would say in the 80s and 90s, that fiction writers started taking this form and reappropriating it for their storytelling to see what sort of interesting ways the story could change if we used it. Second person literature, therefore, is a borrowed form. It's taking the format of these more literal prescriptive forms and using it to tell more morally ambiguous stories. So, Just like first person, second person has a kind of built-in intimacy. We are close to the narrator because the narrator feels like on some level it's us. We're intimately involved in his or her journey. There's also a degree of agency. We're involved because we have skin in the game, so to speak. We are in the story and so we care directly about what happens. 
we have access. So there's a kind of compromise in most second person stories between first and third. We might have total access or we might just have some, but we can only see this what the singular you can see. So there's only ever a one you unless we have the more uh, rare collective first person, which is more of a we. We have showing as well. The nature of second person narration encourages detail and revealing of a character's life instead of tedious explanations. You already know who you are, so not as much explanation is necessary. And then there are uh, choices and hypotheticals. So the choices of the story are often presented directly to the reader. You're encouraged to think about the choice that the character makes, whether that's the right choice or whether you would make that choice in that moment. A lot of second person stories are interested in going down moral hypotheticals or philosophical hypotheticals. Think about Ursula Le Guin's The Ones Who Walk Away from Omelas or various versions of the trolley problem coming out in fiction. So questions to ask about your story are, first of all, can a story teach you how to live? Is the point of your story to offer some kind of self-help or to reference or question the language and advice of self-help? I highly recommend Laurie Moore's classic short story collection, Self-Help, in which all of the stories are told in the second person. Some of them are more imperative than others. So another question that second person stories often asks is what if we use the confident posture and language of the self-help novel, but in the context of very uncertain real life? Is anything that the character does this quote unquote right thing to do? That's another question that I think that second person stories are often asking. They often start in a sort of imperative form. They're, they're telling us, here's what you've got to do, or here's what you should do. But by the end, I think the best second person stories start raising real questions about whether that truly is the right thing to do. The other thing to decide is, will your second person narrator give a list of commands? Will it be a recipe or a list of instructions? Or will it be a more traditional character? Or will the story be addressed to a you with an I who is the real protagonist. Sometimes the other experimental way you as a second person perspective is used is that it's someone talking to us with that hypothetical you. Imagine you're doing this and wouldn't you want to do that? But we end up by finding by the end that there's actually an I out there who is telling this story in, and has very specific reasons for why they've started by addressing a, a, a fan fantastical reader. So all these things are worth thinking about when you're choosing to write a second person story. It was a very trendy, popular mode of storytelling, I would say 15 or 20 years ago. It then became overused and a little gimmicky. And uh, I've heard editors of literary magazines say now, oh, I'm so tired of seeing second person stories. But that doesn't mean you have to follow the trends or you have to deliberately tack away from the trends. It's about thinking about the specific needs and demands of your story and what form would serve it best. 
Thanks for listening. The Writerly Bites podcast will be back with micro tips to make your writing better. It's produced by me, Blair Hurley. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and visit the website at writerlybites.com. Email me at writerlybitespodcast at gmail.com with your favorite tips or questions about the writing life, which I'd love to tackle in future episodes. Thank you.